What up, East High? Hi. It's Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical 2, one minute at a time. I'm Condra. And my name is Tyler. You threw me off there without interjecting anything. (laughs) (laughs) Today we are talking about Minute 18 of High School Musical 2. Minute 18 starts out with Troy backing away in fear of getting wet, I guess, and ends with Mrs. Evans shushing her daughter. Ah, doing that one thing that we all want to do. (laughs) Mrs. Evans is living the dream. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we got kind of three little parts of this scene. First off, for wrapping the stuff at the pool, finally. Whoa, strong feelings from Tyler. Yeah, I just don't like the pool in general. I mean, I don't like pools either. I don't like going in water. I don't like being in the sun. What are you, too cool for pool? Yeah, yeah, I am. Or I'm too lame for pool. That that might be better. (laughs) I'm just trying to knock title possibilities out as early as possible. Oh, wow. (laughs) I I might have one for late in a bit. Um, Okay. So, um, Sharpay swims off in a huff. And then Gabriella looks coyly at Troy and Troy winks at her. And she waves back and then, like, does the backstroke away. She's like, swim out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was going I was going to ask, sorry, because I just wanted to talk about Sharpay's huff. Do you think it's more of a, a Derek Huff or a Julianne Huff? Um I feel like more of a Julianne. <laughs> I don't know what this joke <laughs> premise is. I'm taking for those it, of you who for those of you who didn't grow up watching Dancing with the Stars with your mom. Still watching Dancing with the Stars with your mom. <laughs> Last week was Grease Week, Tyler. Uh, Derek and Julianne Huff are, are dancers. They're they're siblings, and they're they're just like blonde and and pretty. Derek is one of the judges now. Julianne is no longer affiliated with Dancing with the Stars, but she made Whoa. some appearances on some um, of the Disney sing along things during yeah. quarantine. They sort of transcended the show a little bit. Yeah, so. Derek has like a stage show in Vegas right now. Wow. Uh, and it's real weird. Like there was like some picture of him in one of the magazines I processed. And I was like, what on earth? Is it like the Max and Val show I had to watch? Which was also weird. Those dancers are weird. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yes, I, I definitely wrote down wink in my notes because. I also Troy's wrote wink. wink. <laughs> That's just not like a like a method of communication that I expect from Troy Bolton. But it's so suave. Yeah, I mean, but it's also like like what secret like what secret communication is going on here? Like he's, he's like, just being flirty. He's like, "Hey girl, hey." <laughs> but every like all of, all the boys know that they're dating. That they're that they're dating. Like he but doesn't need to be secretive about it. They see him wink. They just think Gabrielle is just waving at him like, oh, hey. So he they don't realize he's the actual romantic one out of them, out of yeah. the two of them. Here's here. Oh, wait, here's something from last week. Why didn't Ryan jump into the pool to get Sharpay? Ryan doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's like, good. Maybe she'll shut up for a bit. Oh, no, she's screaming now. <laughs> Ryan's like, oh, that's the deep end. Maybe she'll drown. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't wish that extent of bodily harm on his sister. 
I don't know. When he, when Ryan says break a leg to Sharpay, I get the feeling he means it. <laughs> well, Imagine Ryan being front and center. Tyler. <laughs> I mean. It's my dream. <laughs> I mean, we've all imagined it, but like. Surely there's, sure, surely there's a moment in this trilogy where like Ryan gets to actually like have a thing without Sharpay. You'll just have to find out, Tyler. I yes. I can't answer. I don't know that. if I will ever. I don't know if I will ever be truly satisfied. I mean, you might be. I'm I'm aware of one thing that happens with Ryan in this movie, but I'm talking about like in like a like in like a theatrical way where like maybe even Sharpay would like be like, you know what, Ryan, this is your time to shine. So all I, don't I know. can say is you'll wait. You'll have to wait and see. Wow! Thanks so much. Hey. That's my job. I'm not allowed to spoil anything. So uh, we get to we get to allow the listeners to all yell at their yell at their phones. Yeah. In that fun podcast way. I do. But do you want to just folks. say some other incorrect statements that, so that they they can yell at us? Um, you can. I'm always right. I like uh like like oh who who directed the Sixth Sense? I I can't remember. Who was the original voice of Darth Vader? I, I just, it's the, I can't remember the name. I think you are. All right. I want to just throw it out here, Tyler. The people that are listening to us, maybe there's a few people, but we're also talking about High School Musical. So the people that know the name M. Night Shyamalan are <gasps> different Whoa. than the people that watch High School Musical. They may know the voice of Darth Vader. But they may not, because it's a different demographic we're appealing to. Speaking of appealing to demographics, um, Sharpay and Fulton are making appeals to each other. Eh, you've had better segues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Sharpay full up confronts Fulton and is like, how dare I told you to hire Troy Bolton, not the entire East High student body. I did like that line. It's specifically because it's accurate. I think the entire East High student body is here. We'll have to wait and find out. I appreciate the excellent sound mixing here because you hear Sharpay's dripping clothes. I don't know if you <laughs> caught that. But I loved it. I was like, yes, let's hear. And I think I was just acutely aware after Andrew brought it up last time. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, where are sound effects? And then all of a sudden I get dripping. I'm like, ah, there are them sound I effects. Didn't, I didn't necessarily hear it, but I, I was going to say I liked how Sharpay is not only like her hair is wet, but she's clear, still clearly like soaking wet. Yeah, she's dripping still. And Ryan's standing just far enough behind her so that maybe he doesn't get a splash like she doesn't flick off water. Fulton takes out his notebook uh, that he writes all of his notes in, just like we write notes for this podcast. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Fulton's notes say, Lucas Graybeal, hard eyes. Uh, Gabriella, weird acting choice. Jack Bolton, exclamation point. I have discussed with parents. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, so... Fulton points out that he was instructed to hire Troy Bolton by whatever means necessary. Which, honestly, that's Sharpay's fault. She was too vague. Well, here's my thing. From the snippet of phone call that we got from Troy, it seems like he really wanted Char uh, Gabriella to get hired. 
did he also insist to Fulton that like his eight other friends get hired? Like, so did he just like keep making demands or did Fulton like ask what else Troy Bolton wanted? I think maybe Troy asking about Gabriella opened up a gate here. Because he said he, uh, Fulton says that he had to talk to the board about it. And Ryan and Sharpay look at each other and like, you talk to our parents? Like, you talk, being aware who the board is and it's Sharpay's mom, mainly. And Mrs. Evans' reaction to them, like, it's your schoolmate, or excuse me, she says school chums, which I hate, but I'll (laughs) say it. But really, it comes down to Sharpay's mom wants something good for her children. Like, we'll see her relationship with her her two children and how they vary. And maybe she's like, okay, I'll go along with this Troy thing, even though she probably sees that as a little bit ridiculous. But she's like, okay, this gives me the opportunity to maybe bring in some other people and maybe it'll calm her down or we can see... Like what she's like at school, like Sharpay yeah, inadvertently. Being the parent of Sharpay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but no, I think you're right. Yeah. What? So after we get this scene with Fulton, um, Sharpay kind of like has a jerky motion that gets some water on Fulton's glasses, and he gets to do a little comedic take of removing his glasses and putting them back on. Yeah, and she yells mother like <laughs> the stepsisters in the Brandy version of Cinderella, and it's amazing. It's like I was going to say, she yells mother like the title of that Darren Aronofsky movie, with, which is mother with an exclamation point. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's still like, it's another scream cut for her. <laughs> Classic Sharpay. Scream Excuse cut. Me, let me take that again. Let me take that again without a gurgling in my voice. <laughs> Classic Sharpay. I know. I mean, she's like destined for scream cuts. Ashley Tisdale ever in like a horror movie? She's got a pretty good scream. Yeah, she does. And she's got that like white girl aesthetic that's used in a lot of <laughs> horror movies. <laughs> yeah, she could definitely be like the 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 first person to get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, moving on from that. So we get a cut. I assume in time because Sharpay's dried off a little bit. She's got a towel. Well, she's in her just hair. gotten like a towel in her head. But her, she's in the same outfit. But she's not as in the same outfit. Yeah, yeah, she's not. Her her wrap thing looks drier than it did. Well, she was drippy when she got to the pool. Then she was drippy when she fell into the pool. But two different kinds of drippy. Okay. Are you aware of this slang? I am not. To to drip is to be dressed fashionably. Oh. Ah, I see. I, I work in a middle school, so everything that gets appropriated from black culture gets to the white middle schoolers. Yeah, you're up. Eventually. With, yeah, you're up with all the lingo. <laughs> yeah, and Sharpay, instead of, you know, so she enters... A, a, a workout room that they're it's, practicing. Yeah, it's like a yoga, yoga. studio. There's that sitar music playing. That was the word I was playing. looking for, studio. And she does it, and it, like the lights are low, and there's like attendants helping some of the, the, the country club members and stuff. And Sharpay is like, I'm going to take the the, straight, the shortest path, 
which is over people to get to my mother. Yeah. It's and she's fun, like though. clonking in her big shoes and it like makes weird noises on the Yeah, it's like, girl, if your shoes were still wet, you'd be slipping on someone. Like that would be hilarious. <laughs> I imagine getting dripped on while I'm doing yoga. Ugh. <laughs> and uh yeah, especially because yeah, it's like a hardwood floor. Like it's very like peaceful type space, and then she's just like plowing her way into it. Clomp clomping. This is where we meet M- Mrs. Evans. And Mrs. Evans is played by... She looked vaguely familiar. So she's played by Jessica Tuck. Um, She had quite the run on True Blood. Not that I'm saying you watch True Blood, um, but that's where a lot of people might know her from. She was also in the movie Super 8. Uh, Recently, she was in Little Fires Everywhere. She was on General Hospital for a good long while. She... Um, was in a TV show called Twisted for a little. It's mostly TV stuff. Um, One Life to Live. Uh, a bunch of like one-offs and some some random shows like NCIS and that. I think Super 8 is one of her few like movie movie kind of things. Um, okay. Um, She's like blonde like Sharpay is. Yeah. And I... They don't look super dissimilar. I mean, it's not like she's in the oh, she's in the TV show Judging Amy. That was like her big one, I guess. But it's definitely not a stretch to see Ryan and Sharpay beat her children. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like they all look similar enough. They have similar like face structures like the the I I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Like they've got very like soft facial features. Yeah. Yeah, they're not, like, high cheekbone or anything like that. Well, she is a little bit, but, like, not, like, crazy high cheekbone or anything like that. And Mrs. Evans is doing yoga. She's doing Actively. the poses. Yeah. yeah. She doesn't You know, stop. doing yoga. Her daughter, her daughter does not, like, her daughter's presence is like, yep, I'm going to just keep doing my routine. Like, go into tree <laughs> pose, whatever. I don't know what that is. The, I think one it's is a, the warrior's a, pose, I think she does, because she, like, lunges outward with her arm forward. I think that's the warrior's it's a good, pose. Um, it's a good, uh, speaking of something we talked about last week, it's a good Pope in the Pool type thing where, like, you get to characterize the mother by having her do something during this conversation, as opposed to just, like, the kids walking into a room and she's sitting on the couch or something. Yeah, definitely. And I think it also adds some comedy because she's, like, not quite doing downward dog, but she's a little bit. And she's like, I'm I'm just thinking about your future, kitten. These are your school <laughs> chums, not the fuddy-duddy staff or fuddy-duddy lava spring staff. And I'm like, oh, boy, this lady. She's like, should have yeah. a British accent, but she doesn't. <laughs> if you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Chums is a very, very, like, British boarding school word. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have in my notes, school chums versus fuddy-duddies. And she's also got the string of pearls on while she's doing all this. She's <laughs> very, like, British posh kind of thing without having the accent. Yeah. I And we were talking about it earlier, like, why did she encourage Fulton to hire all of these people? And it's this idea that she wants Sharpay to hang out with the people from her school because Sharpay presumably doesn't actually have friends. So if she spends time with these people from her school, maybe she'll have a less negative disposition about them. Yeah. And even when Sharpay is like, 
they'll ruin my talent show. She's like, but you'll have fresh talent. Like, her mother's trying to spin it in positive ways. Like, this is good for you. Yeah. It's weird, though, because presumably they're just hiring a bunch of underqualified high schoolers to run their country club. I mean, we'll see. Except for Gabriella and Taylor, who are certainly more than qualified. And you're forgetting another person that is more than qualified for the position they will be put into. But I'm leaving that sprinkled in for the folks at home who know what I'm talking about, that you're forgetting one very important person who is, like, ridiculously qualified and maybe even ecstatic to be here. I mean, if I, like, just didn't say Martha or whatever, like, that's... No. That's fine. No. Okay. okay. We'll find out. More more cliffhangers for me. Um, more cliffhangers for you, Tyler. <laughs> you see the, the you see this physical comedy that Ryan's doing. Yeah, he does the lotus. He like goes into the lotus position. He's like, yeah. While they're talking, I'm gonna just like meditate for a hot sec. Well, yeah. What happens is Sharpay like kneels down to get on her mother's level, and Ryan's like, oh, we're going low now. Okay, let me cool. <laughs> let me sit down. I'm gonna go lotus position. Here we go. And then yeah, he starts doing like breathing meditation hand type things. And then Sharpay stands back up. So he's like, oh, wait, we're standing up now. Okay. <laughs> Poor Ryan. I like the idea that Lucas Graybeal understands the assignment to use a, another sort of trendy saying. Like, he just, he knows that his job is to be kind of cute and silly in the background. And he's doing a very good job of it. Gosh darn, does he do a great job. Yeah, no, I think Ryan adds a nice, a nice calm to everything so even when Sharpay is crazed it's still there's something enjoyable in the background yeah it's like when they were at the high school he's like hey Char it's gonna be okay we got the whole summer yeah he's just a positive (laughs) he's like a little puppy (sighs) well you got anything else for this minute Condra Tyler I was just gonna say I think we might be ready to transition into our decom of the week Yes, it's time for the decom of the week segment. Condra, what are we doing this week? This week we are going back to something we had a lot of fun with a couple weeks ago. We're going to do do another crossover. Um, and not the crossover in the first way we did it, but the crossover in the second way we did it, in which Tyler and I are both bringing a in- Disney intellectual property that existed at the time High School Musical 2 existed. And we got to figure out how we're going to cross them over, whether it's a full-length movie, a TV show episode, whatever. All right. I think I've got the ringer, so why don't you go first? Oh, well, see, I was thinking about this earlier this evening, and I was I, I turned to our parents, and I was like, hey, I need to put it, br- tell me a Disney property before 2007. Our parents start speaking start listing Disney hotels that are on property in Walt Disney World, which I was like, helpful, but not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for an intellect. (laughs) Which is something we could do later. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. I'd love, want to go back to that. Um, And then I'm like, no, an intellectual property. And so my mom was like, interventions. And I was like, also, great idea, but still not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a TV show or a movie. And then they were like, oh. And mom had said Toy Story, which I was like, yeah, that was right around the cusp. Like, technically, Disney owned Pixar at that point and had been distributing them the whole time, but it still was kind of like, eh, not feeling it. And then my dad just turns to me, or our dad just turns to me and is like, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. So I'm going with that. The original (laughs) full-length Disney animated feature film, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. (laughs) Great. Well, um... (laughs) 
what's what's the ride of seven Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs called? Because isn't it called the Scary Adventure? Snow White Scary Adventure in Disneyland, or it's actually not that anymore. It uh, Snow White's Magical Journey, or something. they changed the name of it. They made it a little less scary when California was closed down, but when. Florida still had it. It was scary adventure. Now it's the seven white seven dwarves mine train. But anyway, I wanted to I wanted to key in on scary because I chose Mr. Boogity. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so So for those of you who aren't familiar with Mr. Boogity, if you haven't been listening to this podcast since season one of High School Musical, uh Mr. Boogity is a Disney Channel premiere film. It was actually a a failed pilot for a, a little show about a family who moves to a spooky New England town and gets haunted by the local ghost, Mr. Boogity, who is like the ghost of an old like Puritan named William Hanover, who like burned his house down and killed his wife and child and himself in the fire. I have an amazing idea right out the gate. So, so it's Mr. Boogity plus Snow White. Or any of the characters therein, but I'm going with Snow White for this because the end of the movie, we see Snow White and the prince who is not named. There is no canon name. If you're calling him Fitzherbert or whatever, it's not Fitzherbert. Something like that, though. That's not what it is. There's no name. They're riding off to the, the prince's castle. All right. So it's at the castle. Snow White's like, yes, I'm here. I'm away from scary things. Nope, I'm not actually away from scary things. My castle's haunted by Mr. Boogity. <laughs> so so they just they just get to the castle. Well, here's the thing is William Hanover, Mr. Boogity, is like a 17th century like Puritan like colonist type. And so why would he be in Europe or Germany, wherever yeah, Snow White is? Snow White's like Germany, 14th, 15th century. I mean, that's an excellent question. Or the other route we could go is the evil queen. Upon her death, she gets sent to ghost, like kind of like a Beetlejuice type where all like bad ghosts go. Some sort of purgatory. Yeah. yeah. And... um she gets pair or she's waiting around for like we get a time jump and then she gets partnered isn't there like some ghost fbi or is that a different one what like, are you talking about r.i.p.d the the <laughs> jeff bridges ryan reynolds movie no there was um <laughs> wait can we though can we talk about r.i.p.d <laughs> no no because i have no idea what that is no there was like one of the ghost ones had like this ghost squad that like had to go stop the ghost from misbehaving. Are you talking about the Ghostbusters? <laughs> no, it was more ghosts helping the children, or was this our canon of it? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. So here's the question. Are Mr. Boogity and the Evil Queen going to fight each other or are they going to fall in love or both? It could be enemies to lovers. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine the Evil Queen falling in love so frivolously. I mean, she's so yeah. calculating. Oh, OK. So it's one of those things where they both think they're going to use each other. Yeah. 
It's a, it's it's a it's a how to lose a guy in ten days type situation. Or I was thinking like an enchanted Narcissa and Peter Pettigrew, whose name I can't remember right now, but he's Peter Pettigrew in Harry Potter. Um, he like yes. fawns over her because she's so powerful and cool. She's like, I want nothing to do with you. You're you're the scum beneath my between my toes, a la little rascals. I think they're on an even playing field, though. Okay, so you have you have higher faith of Mr. Boogity than I do. You've seen it. I have not seen Mr. Boogity. Um, Here's the thing. Mr. Boogity, his weakness, I, if I'm remembering correctly, is that he gets sucked into a vacuum. Okay. Um, but if he's in 15th or 14th century Germany, guess what? There ain't no vacuums. He's invincible. He's also not alive <laughs> yet. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. I don't know. So this weird like purgatory thing, like it if it it doesn't have stakes if it's not affecting like mortals though. Well, like, I think maybe in order to move on from purgatory, they need to go like kind of Caspery that they, they need, need to go on a road trip. Yeah, they need <laughs> to like have some unfinished business. They need to like prove that they they're worthy of passing on or something. Like they need to that unfinished business concept from like casper the real unfinished business was the friends they made (laughs) along the way exactly they fall in love and that's how they move on very um i don't know i'm having trouble with this one or (laughs) or mr boogity with the right thing i feel like would have been dynamite but (laughs) yeah uh or does mr boogity do the so when Snow White moves into the dwarves' cottage. They think she's a ghost at first, and then they realize she's like a young child. Is it next they get haunted by Mr. Boogity, and they're like, cool, we have another like person to hang out with and like have parties and stuff, and they treat him so well that he softens? I don't hate the idea of Mr. Boogity hanging out with the dwarves. Because I feel like Grumpy would like love it. He'd be like, yes, someone <laughs> like me. And then, like, Doc and and Happy would be like, come on, man, you can, like, help us work in the mines or whatever. Like, because he's... Especially because... He's not tied to a place. Yeah, especially because the premise of Mr. Boogity is that, like, the family that he's bothering, the dad owns, like, a joke shop. So, like, all the, all the jokes, like, the movie, the, the quote-unquote movie is very jokey because Mr. Boogity's always playing with these, like, props that are lying around the house. And so no one believes that, that there's a ghost because it's all these like funny gags that are happening. Yeah, and I mean, the dwarves have that whole soap scene where they're washing their hands and there's that whole deleted soup scene. Yeah, well, the, the dwarves are very slapsticky in general, so this could work. Or Dopey. I think Dopey specifically is slapsticky. Do we just want to pair Dopey and Mr. Boogity and have one silent character and one talking character? Do the dwarves, do the dwarves emigrate to America? <laughs> Their mind rides up, and they hear about the gold rush. <laughs> but they get confused so, along the way, and they stop in and they whatever. end up in Massachusetts. Exactly. Okay, so the dwarves move to <laughs> the the town, the Mister Boogity town, which I have pulled up here, Lucifer Falls. Amazing. Yeah, maybe they think like, oh, because I mean, people in Massachusetts, like when people were first colonizing the land that is now Massachusetts, 
there were original rumors of like, oh, there's gold and extensive wealth and stuff, and maybe there are some of the poor fools that are. Yeah. Yeah. So the the, the dwarves are, are the people that are called <laughs> the dwarves are colonizers. <laughs> I mean, we got there in the end, folks. So they they get to meet the original Mr. Boogity. So it's actually a Mr. Boogity prequel. Yeah. Yeah. And they help him build the town of Lucifer Falls. And then Dopey dies in a like tragic accident. And that's what spirals Mr. Boogity out of control. And he, he is so grief stricken that he kills his family. It's his love for Dopey. I was Dopey. going to say that the uh, the dwarves actually started the fire that <laughs> killed uh, Mr. Bookity and uh, his family. Uh, but then that's dark because they also killed his child. Yeah. I like <laughs> my idea better, to be honest. Maybe there's like a tragic accident and all the dwarves die. So this is so this this is a tragedy where William Hanover starts off as a like a relatively good guy who just like wants to make a make his nice stolen land Puritan town. Yeah. And the dwarves are the sort of like hardworking folks who help him do that. I just realized we're creating Pocahontas here a little bit. Like Yeah, but it's but it's set up for it's it the the underlying thing is that Mr. Boogity is evil the whole time. Like I mean John Smith and Ratcliffe and all them are evil too. <laughs> and, yes, but the movie's opinion isn't necessarily that John Smith is evil. Okay. I'll give you that. Um, because it's it because Disney's Pocahontas doesn't question all of the colonizers, just the ones who are there for bad reasons. But anyway, so we get this sort of like there will be blood esque character in William Hanover, who's like building his town and burning every bridge, and he's building it all on the on the backs of these dwarves, and he's he has it all. And then loses it all, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's not quite. It, it's the gritty, the gritty teen slash young, a new adult movie. Not so much the, not not so much for the kiddos at home. Yeah, the seven dwarves. This ain't your. This ain't your uh, daddy's seven dwarves. <laughs> Except it is for dads. I don't know. Yeah, dwarves for a whole new generation. <sighs> yeah. Grumpy swears. Oh, snap. Oh, the Grumpy 100% would drop an F-bomb. You know what would be funny? If it was riding the PG-13 line, and then Dopey experiences trauma in some ex- intense way, and he just starts dropping every curse known to man and says the F-word way too many times, and they're like, well, it's rated R now. I learned it from Grumpy. <laughs> Yeah, Grumpy dies, and then Dopey is mourning so intensely that he starts swearing. Yeah, well, Dopey feels like he wants to fill Grumpy's shoes mm. and, like, replace what's been lost. And he's like, no, Dopey, we don't need to replace him. We just need to um, remember him for who he was, but you need to still be yourself. And is that what makes So shut up, Dopey. <laughs> <laughs> but is that... Oh, also, Dopey does drugs. Oh, of course. Opium, opium, mostly. Yeah, dopium. <laughs> so, hold on. What's the catalyst that turns Mr. Boogity evil? Because I had proposed it was Dopey's death, and now I've got Grumpy dying. 
is that the direction we actually want to go with it? Because it, now it sounds too funny. Do we want this to be really dark? Like, is it a whole, like, it does, are they building the next thing for Mr. Boogity and the building collapses so, and they so all here's die? What, here's what happened. Here's what happened in the original Mr. Boogity. Uh, Mr. Boogity fell in love with his widow, Marion, mm. but Marion did not reciprocate his feelings, so Hanover struck a deal with the devil, selling his soul for a magic cloak, which granted him mystical powers. So, so is maybe the widow married to one slash all of the dwarves? Oh, yes, perfect. <laughs> Marion was married to Grumpy, and then Grumpy dies, and the kid is Grumpy's kid. Yes. finally nailed it and the other maybe it's like a plague that wipes out all the dwarf population like he loses all the dwarves so it's like his prospects of getting any richer fail with the sudden death of his workforce yeah and the ending of the movie is him making a deal with the devil and then his house burning down Mm. and we cut to like the house burning down and the graves of all the dwarves in the foreground with the fire blazing in the background. Ooh, that's spooky. I like that. <laughs> we made a Why weird we movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's more workable than any of the other options we could have pulled out of Snow White. Unless, yeah, I think we found it. Yeah. <laughs> we found an interesting story here. Anyway. Yeah, hopefully y'all like that that format. We have fun with that one. So if if you've got suggestions of IPs that we can play with, please send us to them via Twitter. We're and we're gonna do interventions one of these times. Yeah. The the Epcot Pavilion where they introduce new technology that theoretically would be useful but sometimes seems relatively impractical. I learned how to make paper there one time though. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Okay. Well, if you've got an IP you want to share with us, share it with us on Twitter at Amateur Nerds. Or with me personally at Tyler Booty, T Y L E R B O U D Y. Just send me a DM. Slide in there, folks. You can also send it to us via email to amateurnerdspresent at gmail.com. Yeah, or you could tell us um, what your, your review of Mr. Boogity, the classic Amateur Nerds favorite. Your favorite? I still have never watched it. I just like saying Mr. Boogity. Even more than Bride of Boogity? Because that's Bride of Boogity, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. Anyway. Special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at TGoldenArt on Instagram. Oh, Condra, I remembered one thing. Did you see the, did you see there's like a poster for like a Monique Coleman and um, what's Chad's name? Corbin Blue. Corbin Blue. Yeah, there's a Christmas movie on Lifetime with them. What? It's and it's called like like dance reunion Christmas or something. Tyler, did we just find our Christmas special for this year? Exactly, exactly. Amazing. Anyway, our musician is Joe Winslow, whom you can find at JoeWinslowMusic.com. I've been Condra. And I've been Tyler, and we'll catch you next time for Christmas? Not not quite yet. The next couple minutes of the movie, which will hopefully be about Troy and Gabriella again soon. You can bet on it. <laughs>